Welcome back to this week's episode of Tapping Up Podcast with me, Daryl and Ian. Um, I'm not particularly happy just to start this off because I've got a black eye and I can't figure out for the life of me why I've got it. Um, my girlfriend wanted a shout out on this one, so shout out is that it may have been punched in the face or been sleeping, so it's either her or the cat. Um, Depending what you say on this podcast, you might have a matching fucking pair. Um, <laughs> I'll probably get one regardless, but yeah. Um, on the football note, much happier, obviously. The only one uh, of this this podcast that is happier. So, do you want to start with us, or do you want to start, start with, with you? Start with you. Let's start on a positive. Start on positive. It was a, uh, an excellent result from. Uh, didn't see, saw the highlights, but keeping an eye. I know you were there. Um, don't get many days like that as a Leeds fan. Beating, you know, Chelsea three 0 seemed pretty convincing. Don't get any days yet. As a Leeds fan, but clearly we're one of the best teams in the league at the moment, sitting comfortably in the top six. Europe's on. Um, we had two two results this week for us, so we've got two games. Uh, first one, obviously, the far more important, absolutely playing Chelsea off the park. Um, I'm pretty sure I said last week, I can't remember for certain, but I'm pretty sure I said last week that I didn't rate how Chelsea had started the season. thought they were OK against Spurs. Um, against Everton, I thought they were pretty much lethargic to say the best uh, to say the least but I thought that Leeds comprehensively played off back I thought the game plan was executed to perfection I thought the only doubt that we had was probably in the first minute or so and Sterling had a chance so he cuts in on the inside and in typical Sterling fashion puts it wide uh, and misses but yeah I thought they were brilliant I thought Brendan Aronson had the game of his life which he is only going to get better he is a very very good player um, and then again the boy Rodrigo. Full board of saying it, but he feels like he's coming to the front, to the attention now. Of the, of the, you know, he's getting a chance in his favoured position. Um, but yeah, it looks pretty positive for Leeds. And then I know you had a vested interest in the uh, Carabao Cup, which no one ever has an interest in in the early stages. But um, screaming goal from Sinistera. Yeah, brilliant, to be honest. Um, exactly the reason that I wanted to watch that. It was literally because... I knew for a fact that he would be starting because he's been injured. Uh, picked up a little bit of a niggle in uh, pre-season. Finally coming back, I think he will eventually be a starter. He's quite clearly got something special. He was very good at Feyenoord last season. I think he played quite well. Still not quite there yet. I think he's still coming back. Um, showed some flashes of brilliance against Barnsley. But the only downside for that for me... On downside this week is I think Geldart hasn't got a chance so far in the league as much, which is understandable. Um, we're only early in as well, but he didn't look at his usual standard against Barnsley. He pulls off a fantastic tackle, which sets up uh, one of the goals, but just somewhat not quite there. A little bit off the pace, not entirely sure. And you think that's a bit disappointing as well. Gets a start, lower league team, so the quality of the opposition is not there, gives him a chance to demonstrate what he's capable of um, to say maybe something's wrong but yeah that feels like an opportunity that he's missed he's got to, got to take these opportunities there. yeah especially with Rodrigo as he is scoring freely essentially every game that he started he scored Bamford out at the moment and God knows when he's coming back every time they ask 
Um, the management team when he's coming back it always changes it's gone from well, he's nearly back it's now some marriage um, and the assistant said after the, the Carabao Cup game that he's progressing now that's never a good sign for any football fan to hear that basically means we don't have a clue he's not ready yeah um, so it might be weeks if not months before he's back so it's the type of time for Geldart to take his opportunity and Time to time to go and get another striker for Leeds, which we don't seem interested in doing, which is completely irritating. I think the fact that Rodrigo's doing so well now, uh, bless you, again, <laughs> the fact that Rodrigo's doing so well now, I can see our owners being the type, as they have done previously, to say, oh, actually, we don't need another one. It's fantastic. It's the best striker that you could possibly get, £30 million. Pounds. It's arguable, though, isn't it? When he's in, he's in that kind of form, you've got Bamford, who was, uh, seemed to be clear number one for that position. You know, Rodrigo can move about and play in different other positions. Um, and you then got Geldard, who looks, you know, a promising youngster. When you're only playing one up front, there are three options. You could you could make an argument, certainly, to say that do they only, is, is, again, you know better than me in terms of what the team needs, but do they need someone if you've got them three fit? Yeah, absolutely. If you've got them three fit, maybe not. But Bamford's you're not. But you're not. <laughs> exactly that. You're never going to get Bamford back fully fit again I don't think and I was saying this I had a conversation with my mates um, this week gone it seems to be a correlation there and again in no way whatsoever slagging off Bielsa here but there seems to be a correlation with the players that Bielsa has managed under Leeds that he's taken them to new heights definitely and made them a lot better but then you look at Phillips who seems to be crocked and picking up injuries consistently you've got Cooper who's only just coming back Dallas is out for months you've got Ailing out for weeks um, just going back, Bamford, etc., etc. So the the correlation is there. And the worry for me is that they're never going to be back to how they were before, uh, previously. Even if Bamford comes back, you expect them to get injured in two or three games. So yeah, um, but, but let's let's just enjoy it for now because clearly Leeds are, are miles better than the next team that we're going to talk about. Um, still winless at the moment, not doing too well. They want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> I mean, as if the world isn't shit enough with. Wars, cost of energy, you need a new mortgage every month to pay your fucking electricity bill, and then my one true love, it all just falls apart. I mean, they, they look, I wasn't getting carried away with everybody jumping on the bandwagon, but we looked a bit of a shambles, to be honest. I mean, I've got to say, as much as on these podcasts, I love to stick the boot into the scum. They were a completely different team to what I'd seen in the first two matches, they're full of energy. Um, they're, they're brighter ideas they were all over us in the first half um, a couple of the big points for me I mean Trent again when you're getting savaged by Elanga just it's got to get I mean where's Ramsey get him fit get him back and he's got to be able to defend better than Trent Trent is looking appalling a midfield three with Milner and Henderson is too old and too laboured to work against any Premier League team but you know a man you when they did have that energy it felt like that midfield we just got passed by and I'm a bit concerned that we feel a bit short in that area I think when we when we're fit we've got everybody back but again in the same way that you're talking about Bamford Thiago brilliant player always injured Kaita hasn't hit what he should have done always injured so those two straight away they would be the two obvious starters for me um, uh, alongside Fabinho um, Fabinho weirdly left on the bench for that game as well which didn't really make much sense um, 
And then even the front, you know, Salah and Diaz didn't really look quite at the races. So, yeah, it was um, depressing, to be honest, especially how positive I was before and how much I hate the scum to then lose in that fashion. And I mean, we could have had a hiding in the first half. We were probably really lucky to be 1-0 down at half-time. It could have been a lot worse. Um, so I think they need to regroup. Um, I mean, they've see, I've seen them linked with a few different midfielders at the moment, none of which I think would particularly do the job. Um, I think we either need to stick it out and man up and just get on for the rest of the season or go big for Bellingham, which is what yeah. I think we're going to do next summer anyway. But bring that forward. Uh, he's He's got the energy, the type of Gerard-esque, what I'd, number eight, box-to-box, Lots of energy, very leggy, gets around the park. That's what it feels like we're missing in there now. I don't think you'll sign anyone, I'll be honest. Um, I just get the feeling that you'll do exactly that. I think you'll stick it out waiting for Bellingham next season. Which I can understand to a certain extent, but that's also essentially accepting you're not going to do all this season. Qualify for Europe, you're probably not going to do anything spectacular in Champions League unless you get people back swiftly and it doesn't seem to be the case. So, yeah, I, I can imagine you sticking with it. I, I still think we'll come second. I still think I still, yeah. I still think cream rises to the top and that, that quality will show through. You, you know, um, Not going to be injured forever, ever. So. Exactly, and it's getting a bit of a hard uh, rap at the moment, but it does feel like some of these injuries have exposed a few of these things. The other one I've got to mention, because I did say it before, Van Dijk's decline concerns me. I mean, from undoubtedly the best centre-back in the league, Two mistakes in the first two games didn't look, weren't there again. Didn't hasn't looked good for me. Whether there's again, he's got some personal problems, something on his mind. If he's not fully fit, but his decline, and if you have a very declining Van Dyke and you're sticking with Trent, who can't defend for shit, that leaves you exposed at the back. I defended him against you last week, didn't I? I said that I didn't think that it was his mistake. Um, in that, obviously, when Zaha slotted it home could have potentially continued his run and tried to stop it. This week, I'm less inclined to defend him. That I don't, I'll be honest, I don't quite understand what he's doing for the first goal, for Sanchez's goal. He stood off, he's probably about six yards away, hands behind his back so he doesn't unball it, but I'm like, what? Close him down. But and Milner runs up to him immediately after, doesn't he? And around, isn't it? Yeah. One of the things with Van Dyke, what where his, his true quality shows through is his anticipation and reading the game. Even that's gone. Like that—that that was again. He, he is quick. There's no doubt. But the normal Virgil, he would have been on Sancho. Wouldn't have given him the time. He would have even his presence there he might have skewed it, skanked it, messed it up. He might have got a block in. But totally agree with you. Where was he first goal? And um, three games in a row for me that he's just not looked at the races. So um, depressing shit. If I'm honest with you. Must win game tomorrow. Uh, must win stupid in it four games in no absolutely not but morale for my my sanity (laughs) to have a bank holiday weekend that I get some kind of enjoyment out of we need to win tomorrow and I think again you're gonna it's one of those that that fishbowl and media attention is only gonna Bournemouth at home home, if we you know it's gonna be um, real trouble in the media and I think the fans and you never know it could be playing devil's advocate, is it one of those arguments if we did carry on and we didn't win or let's say even worse, we lost at home to Bournemouth, does that put even more pressure on the board and clock to bring in a mid- that midfielder? So yes. I, if yes. that helped, 
I might argue I, I'd take it because we need those bodies in there, but we've got to beat Bournemouth, surely. I, I think it wouldn't help. I think you'd definitely be right in that if you lost against Bournemouth, you'll start panicking and I think you'll go into transfer market and dip that way. I don't think you will lose against Bournemouth, don't get me wrong. And I still don't think you'll buy anyone. But while you're not saying it's a must-win game, I think if you lose this weekend and City win, title race is probably done. This early on. I think it's done anyway, that. I think, okay. it's, again, we're a bit overdramatic, but fine margins. One point last couple of seasons, you know, it's... it's, it's not infallible. So we watched the City-Newcastle game. So they're, they're there to be at. They'll score a lot of goals clearly this season, but they'll probably concede a few as well. So I, I mean, definitely, but isn't that that mixed bag that you get with City? I mean, we were watching it, weren't we? One point, the three went down, and you're thinking, oh, here we go, great for Liverpool, we've got a chance here. And then just City just roared back, and the moment it went 3-2... Could have easily. I mean, City actually took seemed to take their foot off the gas when it went to three all. I thought. I thought they when it when it went to three two for me there was only going to be one winner. So at, we're going to at three one. I remember you saying very specifically on what the odds are for City to come back and win. This. And then it went three two. Yeah, and then almost we didn't even bother. Yeah, um, but yeah, it had that feel that you never can count City out like that. Two 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 goal down to to them is is nothing with the players they've got, but. Um, I'll be honest, the biggest surprise for me out of that watching it was that they didn't go on and win it. They seemed to stall and didn't really progress once it got back to 3 all. Um But interesting league this season. Nice to have some change up there, you know, with, with teams doing well. If Arsenal are still top after this weekend because they've got uh, Fulham. I think it's the, the 5.30 kick-off at, on Saturday, so expect them to win that. Jesus again, captain in your dream team. I, I think maybe this week. I can't. Rem- um... yeah, I might put it as uh, Aronson. I fancy him to get another against Brighton, shock the world, and continue winning. That'd be a good test for you, though. All joking aside, Agreed. Brighton are a decent team, doing well this season. Uh, in terms of uh, a yardstick to measure your progress by, I think this will be a interesting game and two informed teams to be honest with you decent you know assembled decent squads I think people sleep on Brighton like you know you guys are some of the tra- transfer work you've done Aronson in particular Sinistera I think we thought we were both quite excited that we thought he'd, he'd do something he, as you said I think uh, if he's half as good as Diaz um, you'd take that but, the best um, Colombian in the league now um, yeah I'd be happy I'd be able to move actually with a point at Brighton I think that's a good especially where they've always been a bit of a bogey team for us but yeah, I'd be able to move with the point, but yeah. a lot, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of top six teams that will lose points to Brighton at home. That's not, Agreed. I agree with you. Point is definitely not a bad, um, bad result there. Builds on, keeps you unbeaten, keeps keeps the the momentum going as well. Um, and you never know, maybe um, they will dip into the transfer market. The strength. You you could argue saying the other way, in the same way I'm saying Liverpool might dip in if it goes bad. If Leeds carry on doing well, let's call it uh, they 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 got a shock win, and they do then. Does that get the owners to then buy the players that you're talking about? Because they're like, look how well we're doing. A little bit more investment, we might maintain it. I doubt it. Not with uh, not with representing, unfortunately. But last thing to mention on the uh, football side of things, uh, Champions League draw. Quite happy with uh, big game against Rangers. Yeah, I mean, we were talking um, whilst the draw was coming out, wasn't it? And I think we uh, we caught up as as it was uh, the the fourth. Uh, teams were getting picked and I said I'd take Rangers or Celtic any day nice l- less travel travelling for the team you don't have to go down the you know far reaches of Europe the time delays the flights and all things like that been nice if Stevie G was still manager Stevie G to come back at, at Rangers but they're one of those weird teams aren't they that 
I think a normal day Liverpool should beat them every day but they do seem to particularly in Europe last season getting to the final they do seem on the big days to be able to get results Ibrox is an impressive stadium they've got that fan base um, but yeah definitely happy with the draw I think they're like you in the sense that they can have a pretty poor Rangers never going to have a poor season are they? Um, in the, the league that they're in they're always going to finish first or second but in the sense that they might not be doing so well domestically but European nights with them, there's something about them, something about Anfield, something about Ibrox, it just seems to spur them on and they get these big... PSV, the, the win that they got against PSV to qualify is, is nothing to be uh, frowned at. But Definitely away from home, I mean, it's a, it's a cracking result. Um, and the only thing you wonder there, did did it harm or hinder PSV? There was a little bit of um, shenanigans outside the pitch, weren't there, the, uh, before the game. I think the fans were letting off flares and holding the team bus up and you can get that it goes one or two ways. You either impact on the preparation and you win it, or maybe you, you, you kind of strengthen the resolve of the team uh, and the resolution to say, fuck you, we're going to go and get a result. And that seemed to be the way that it went for, for Rangers. So um, yeah. I think there's a warning there for any away or fans, to how you're going to treat the away fans or the, the away team when they arrive. Um, good lesson there. Yeah. Uh, on to boxing. It's uh, disappointing for me, I'll be honest. You called this absolutely spot on. Uh, don't want to say anything. I mean, I've got not much to be smug about on this podcast. <laughs> this is probably the only thing I can have a slight smile on, but well, I, it went that, exactly the way I thought it would. You did say that, but you got the decision wrong. I, well, I said so. unanimous decision, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. let, let's be fair, it fucking should have been a unanimous it, decision. Well, that yeah, British clearly should have been. judge was off his rocker. Um, yeah, sadly, I mean, obviously, big AJ fan, English wanted him to win, but I just, that's exactly the way, I mean, if I'm honest, AJ did better than I expected. I thought he, he was, he was in. He was, he was definitely yeah. in the fight, and I, I think he faded quite significantly if he'd managed to probably keep up the first, I mean, what what was the stat they released, I can't remember, was it after eight or nine rounds, he was actually ahead, I think, on the judges' scorecards. Is that right? I think so. I think on three, all three judges, after, as I say, you'd have to... Fact check me on the round. It was either eight or nine, but he was actually ahead. That's so that ridiculous. shows the fade that he had and probably how badly he faded. I think uh, it was only a point. Since yeah, it was I, was close. I still disagree with that. But, I thought that he had his um, number pretty much the entire fight. And as I say, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of AJ's. Um, where's he going good. now, though? Here's the question. Where, where, where does he go now? Oh, it's going to be wilder, isn't it? It's almost certainly going to be wilder because that's still a big fight. Oh, he's, I think we were, were saying, weren't we, he's got to fight, if he is fighting again, and he said that he wants to fight again, he's got to build himself back up now. He can't go on the back of two losses to someone that's going to then potentially end your career. And Wilder is a very dangerous fight to take at this point in time. And I think someone like maybe Joe Joyce, um, go back against Dillian White, go for a second fight, something like that, where he would back himself as the favourite. <laughs> Still did. Take my head off. Take my hat off. Take my hat off to him if he did that. It feels to me he's at a real crossroads. He's made. Let's be fair. He's got enough money. He's got enough fame. All the sponsors. He can walk away. He's, he he hasn't been beaten up that badly in fights. He would probably be okay on the CTE and the, you know the, the brain damage side of things. Every bit of me says walk away. He can have his head held high. I think if he's gonna, and I absolutely agree, with you, he needs to build himself back up. You know, did, is there really any clamour for, for him fighting Joe Joyce, fighting a, a Joseph Parker, you know, people like that, even, even Wilder. The, the I'm Joe not Parker really fight was one of the worst I've ever watched. I, I would be absolutely fuming if you fought him again. And I don't think because of the nature of those two losses, one fight against someone like even Wilder 
throws him back into either Usk or Fury. Um, Wilder, so. maybe, because you can't have it two ways in the sense that Fury goes and beats Wilder. He's one of the best of all time. AJ goes and beats Wilder. Yeah, but he's got beaten three times, so he can't be that good. So I think it works both ways. But you're right, he's got to... If he is going to go back into it and get anywhere near world title contendership again, he has to build himself back up and he has to take these fights that people want him to see. And Wilder's the big one, in it? So don't you think that the, the, the bit that was intriguing for me was when he he lost his mind at the end and that? I mean, he's clearly... Clearly, I'm no psychologist, but he seems to me to have all the traits of... A narcissist, completely, you know. Ah, oh, it's not you're not you. What was it? They got caught saying you're not as good as me. You're not as skilled as me. You know what he really that that ego needs to get broken down. And if he is going to go and, and try again and have a run like that, I think he needs to go almost back to basics, like samurai style. Get rid of all the training, all the luxuries. Just hit the gym hard. Maybe a new trainer, something change something up in the background and is prepped to, to maybe relight his fire like he seemed to have but um, I do also think back to the point we're talking about him fading again that comes down to him being so ripped and shredded that mm. the energy that those, that muscle well, yeah. takes and burns up and drains on you uh, and as, as Usyk showed you don't need to be that big to beat a big man so I think it's a real crossroads for Joshua yeah I mean Usyk Almost certainly is going to fight Fury next. It's going to be a big money fight. Um, so do I, you think on the on the prediction side, I I can't. I mean, was it next? Is it next Friday? He gave the deadline to yeah, five hundred million and for a deadline it's of Friday. Just nonsense, though, isn't it? Like the fact that he's still got his title belt and his WBO in it confirms to me that he's coming back. Otherwise, that's been taken off him. He's clearly had some sort of conversation. He can't announce I've retired and then oh, I just so happens still be the, the world champion. That's, there's something not right there. Don't disagree, but if he was taking that line, would he have given up the ring belt that he did? Because I kind of feel the ring, in boxing fans within boxing, all the titles, there's so many now, it doesn't mean the ring is that, that that's the lineal heavyweight champion. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to relinquish the ring if you're going to come back to keep the WBC, I think he's got. Is it? Um, so I... I that was the only thing for me. I, I, I agree with you. And if he'd kept the ring, no doubt he'd be back. But I'll be, I, I, I think he might be done in that he's got enough money again. If he gets a ridiculous payday, he will undoubtedly come back. I don't know if there's... I mean, how do you get 500 mil for a fight? I mean, he's that, not going to get that. Yeah, that he's that's clearly crazy. Not get and no one's going to pay that. But I don't know what his bottom line would be. But it feels... I wonder if he's outpricing himself of the fight. Well, this... Potentially, because this would be the most dangerous fight that he takes, by far. Absolutely. And no, it's, it's the only one people want to see now. Where yeah. people want to see AJ... No, I don't. Usyk, Usyk Fury's the fight. It'd be for the uh, undisputed. Yeah. don't think un- we've had an undisputed champion, have we, since Lennox Lewis. So there's 20-odd no. years' worth of uh, prestige there. Um, you know, you've got the, the extra point that I'm sure Usyk would want it because being a, you know, a very... Um, a patriotic person as he seems to be going back um, the, the irony is you never Ukraine I don't think might be wrong here have ever had an undisputed world champion because the Klitschko brothers held different variations about the and time they wouldn't fight, they wouldn't each, fight other. each other yeah. so those would have been the option so there's got to be a motivation there for, for Usyk to be Ukraine's first uh, undisputed champion like that 
and of course, again, anything that him or Lomachenko do uh, then kind of boosts the profile of Ukraine and what's going on to maybe people that wouldn't normally be involved in it because it's kind of geopolitical. So The irony um, is, with the Fury fight as well, Usyk, let's say he does beat Fury, puts himself as contention as one of the greatest of all time in the sense that, I mean, we're talking different generations, it's always a difficult and a, an odd question to propose, but he destroyed the cruiserweight division, there was absolutely no one on his level. If he then goes into the heavyweight division and beats what people would argue to be the two best, obviously AJ has faded since, Fury is definitely up there, if not the best at the moment. I can't disagree with you. I mean, Fury's undefeated. Yeah. Beat, you know, obviously to Klitschko, you know, beat uh, other people. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's a, a definite shout that um, he would be in that conversation if, if he does beat him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I can't really um, get off this topic without uh, mentioning your very favourite subject, which is becoming a bit of a trend isn't it, on this, uh, this podcast. Um, this weekend is the, the KSI event in which he'll be fighting two boxers at once. Um, one man is called Swarms. <laughs> I don't know who the second one like is. We're, we're throwing <laughs> unnecessary shade and attention on even more bullshit. I, can't, I think we've had this conversation twice now. You're probably going to have to gr- grind me down over this, aren't you? But, I mean, we, we were both talking and having little bets between ourselves about the number of rounds. Three rounds. I bet they're two minutes as well, aren't they? Yeah. So which, six. Which is horrendous, isn't it? I could probably take two fights at that, if I'm honest with you. I mean, I, I still think it's dangerous. I don't think it's a very clever thing to do for someone who's not even a pro boxer, but what they say. But um, the best thing I can say is I won't be watching and I don't give a fuck about the result. You're not excited to see Swarms <laughs> fighting? Don't know who he is. And then the other professional guy, so the, Swarms is a rapper, is that right? And Apparently. then he's got this other chap that he's fighting who's a, in inverted commas, pro boxer but has got something like a record of two wins and 18 losses. Oh, yeah, I showed you the um, the uppercuts that he was doing. Yeah. On his, his Again, I'm not missing. I think I could take him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a trend, sadly. You keep bringing it up, but that's... I can't bring it up again after this one because it's, it's finished. There's no more Good. Uh, Until Jake Paul. That smug prick Jake Paul will be back doing something to bring up again, Roni, but... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll swiftly move on from boxing. Um, well, we can, on, on a positive note, if we move on to the... Uh, I was being smug earlier. You called this one. Yeah, I called so. this spot on because I am clearly an expert on uh, UFC. But Leon Edwards, champion of the world. Fair play to him. Absolutely superb result. Um, I've got to get it in there only because I'd have seen, but the fight, let's be honest, it was going exactly as we... As I, I suspected. Yeah. I, I think even you suspected, really. You were... Uh, wanting to be different you wanted to support our, our, our homegrown boy uh, Leon but I think if you were being probably honest you probably thought Usman would, would win as well it did seem to be going that way didn't it it was 3-1 three, three on all the judges scorecards uh, at the at the point um, that head kick I heard a few people talking about uh, he got lucky blah 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 and then I've seen I don't know if you've seen this footage have you come out afterwards very uh, slightly Conor McGregor-esque in that there was footage that come out after the fight of Conor telegraphing what he did to Aldo in terms of saying, I'm going to move off to the left and then do this. And there was uh, some footage that's out showing Leon being talked to by his trainer saying he always drops his head 
where you know when he, he looks to avoid, and it looked definitely like that that was more than just luck. That there, that was something that had been worked on, and you know he, he, he. The only thing you'd always argue with things like that, I think, is look at Connor came out and did it straight away. If you're telegraphing something, why would you not try it straight away like that? Why would you leave it till right in the very late round? Unless he was playing the ultimate long game, which I'm sure he'd tell you he was, but it was an absolutely devastating head kick. I mean, I've n- not seen someone crumpled like that for a while, and Usman's a monster. I'm going to so, say to I see mean, Usman on the floor like that, even he looked shocked by it. So super impressive, uh, amazing um, for, for England as well to have a, a UFC champion in his prime, as opposed to Bis being a kind of ticket sort of maybe when he wasn't really in his prime. Um, they're already talking I see about maybe a rematch at Wembley, Wembley yeah. so that would be uh, superb and we'll be going to that if that, that definitely happens the thing that would worry me is I've seen a few things from Dana coming out and saying that he'd spoken to Usman and Usman actually uh, apparently had a sigh of relief uh, actually felt that I've heard this a few times from other champions over the years John Jones I think has said it Anderson Silva you know that crown of being the champion and when you were doing what Usman does the number of records he had he was tying number of uh, successful fights in the UFC with uh, Anderson Silva that pressure and demand weighs on people and from what Dana White was saying he said Usman seemed refreshed renewed reinvigorated by the fact that that pressure was gone could start going back so I've got to be honest if it was the rematch I'd see it going very very much the first one was going unless Leon can up his resting game a little bit in the time he's got time to do that um, will he get a chance to fight someone else before a rematch I'm not sure I can't see it I think they've got straight into it I think with Usman's record he deserves it it's the big money fight in it for, for him so especially the way that UFC is at the moment it's all about the money I and think five or six title defences in a row you know we look at boxing people get a rematch clause I think he deserves a rematch for that so I think that's the obvious fight maybe the winner takes on Kimev if he beats Diaz next week, I think that is, or in a couple of weeks, but um, that would be the obvious one, I would say. Unless, of course, you could have a trilogy there. If um, Usman wins the rematch, they'll be tied. No, it'll be 2 1. Yeah. That, that, that would be the trilogy, wouldn't it? So um, that would probably be definitive. So you probably would have the rematch and then move on to maybe the winner takes Kimev. Yeah, um, I, I think the, I don't know if you've seen this footage as well, just speaking of that. I think one of the best things that I've seen that's come out of this is the little, obviously his nickname being Rocky, the little Rocky uh, video of his corner talking to him and you've got Rocky music in the background and he's saying, keep going, keep going after every round and then obviously... I haven't seen that, oh, it's but I, yeah, I thought, what, again, as a, a general point, and here we, we can draw a bit of contrast here, look at the difference in those corner men behaviours. So, some AJ fight... Yeah, you're doing well, you're winning, you're doing... They're just lying to him. They're completely misleading their fighter. That what was so refreshing in that last round, you need to go for this, he's there. This is it. You need to knock him out. No messing around. That's what people need to hear. That's what a, a good coach, a good boss, a good man, a leader does. Is tell people, no bullshit, this is what you've got to do. And that was really refreshing to see where they were just direct. You've got to go for this, sunshine. Take his head off. Or you're going to lose a decision. So um, yeah, I, I really I hadn't seen that video, but I remember the corner at the time. I've seen the videos come out afterwards of of the sort of prolonged advice that he was getting. But yeah, it was superb. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely end up going to that if it's in uh, to Wembley. But um, just before we end this week's, a little bit of a side note, um, just because we've seen that it's on 
think it's American and Canadian Amazon Prime. Um, big good luck to uh, Leeds' own Liam Harrison. He's fighting for the uh, the Muay Thai Bantamweight World Championship. So that I mean, it's tonight, isn't it? So I might end up watching that, to be honest. Twelve o'clock, I think, our time, UK. Eight o'clock uh, Eastern time. Um, I got a bit excited, I'll be honest, because I've been saying to you about Liam Harrison for a while. Trained just down the road from us uh, in the lovely part of Leeds called Hare Hills. But he's uh, he's a destroyer. Uh, I've seen him on um, a few different podcasts and he comes across really well, really likeable guy, very knowledgeable uh, as well, a good student of the, of the fight game. Um, yeah, I'll be really interested to watch that. So I think that's... Uh, I was disappointed when I think you sent me a, a, a picture of that this morning and then we only clocked on afterwards. It says uh, USA and Canada only on Prime. So uh, that might be a little VPN job later. Obviously, to, uh, I'm sure there are, there are other ways that we can, can get hold of that. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, as always, we'll get some bets out uh, for the weekend. Uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get some winners as well. But uh, keep listening and we look forward to hearing from you next week. Cheers, quick one on that. We had, uh, we, we've only really done uh, the start of the season. It's been a slow start to the gambling world. We've had two bets uh, so far that we've put up. First one, sadly, was a loser. Uh, last week's one won. So uh, we're one and one and one at the moment. Uh, and as I say, as the season develops and the form of the team settle down a bit, um, we'll, we'll certainly uh, start having a more, uh, some more. But keep an eye out on social media for our tips uh, for tomorrow. Yeah, and we'll uh, hopefully go two and up. Uh, a little bit like Manchester United did against Liverpool. <laughs> we'll end it quickly. See you later, everyone.